For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band, which means I'm going to see another episode of Unfiltered, and I must be for Clem because I'm already, like, slurring my speech because I like to quote music. We're reunited, and it feels so good. I made a mistake, Ryan Spielborgs, of deciding to title every episode that I did instead of just one, two, three. So I have to come up with quirky titles. So I'm calling this one Spilling the Beans, episode 41. Okay. Unfiltered. All right. The, we're going to spill some beans. I don't know what that means, but I had I wanted to come up with something to at least, you know, I mean, you know, put you in there. I was going to use the Rockies, and then I realized I didn't want, like, you know, nobody to – I wouldn't want it to be, like, the deadline. No. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to have no, nothing <laughs> happening. I, you know, so I did a uh, – I did this thing for the Rockies and, and Rockies Visions years ago. Uh, it was a blatant steal of Between Two Ferns. Remember between two ferns of with course, Zach Galifianakis? Are you kidding? Zach so uh, you can you can YouTube spill the beans. It was called spill the beans uh, with me, and I did a couple of these episodes with Houston Street. I did it with Carlos Gonzalez, Jason Giambi. They're all really pretty funny. Uh, and the very first one we did, uh, they showed me. They're like, "Hey, do you think you can do something like this?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I can deadpan somebody and, and ask silly <laughs> questions." So uh, I do this with Houston Street. And most of the ones that I did, it was one take. Like you just did one. Uh, and it was always like their real reactions from the players. Cause they're like, what the heck are we doing? And uh, so Streeter, I, I get street and his son's name is Ripken. And at the time, Tulowitzki was still our, our teammate and Tulo's dog was named Ripken. So I like, I'm deadpanning. I was like, why'd you name your son after Tulo's dog? And he was like, what? <laughs> And so like, uh, like we kept going back and forth and, and so, um, he watches it back. They show it to him and then we showed him the between two ferns episode. And then he goes, let me try one more time. And I was like, okay. So the second one is the one that we ended up going to, um, you know, going viral or whatever with, um, but if you go back and YouTube spill the beans, uh watch the the houston street one it's the very first one it's pretty good it's pretty I, good i love street houston street is for anybody who doesn't know and you can follow him on twitter he's on twitter too but he he's such a good dude the thing i i always now he wasn't at to use like another colorado time we've had this discussion before he wasn't at jim tracy level there's certain guys like you ask one question and it's 20 minutes jim tracy uh, Rick Peterson used to be that way. Our buddy JP Morosi is in that category. Mm-hmm. <laughs> few. But Houston, he's so thoughtful that like his answers are amazing. Like, yeah. you know, you, like when you're asking an athlete, I mean, you're on this side now, but when you're asking an athlete a question, you know, this being asked these questions, it's like they get asked by like a million different reporters, a million things. He's always such, he, he is such a thoughtful dude. Always yeah. struck me as like a really like introspective, interesting guy. Yeah, Streeter's awesome. Streeter Streeter's one of my favorite uh, buddies. We 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 have a lot of great history together. So I I I mean I, I adore Houston Street. Now I, I like to I want to spill the beans, so I, w- I want to be fair. Okay. Um, 
I, I asked Spilly to come on this morning because I, I wanted to get into a few things, which I'll jump into in a second. You could join the Unfiltered Revolution right behind. I, you, by the way, if I told you how long it took me to figure out what part of the screen I point to mm-hmm. to make sure that the lower third is under it, you, you don't want to know. But I asked you to come on, and, and you said anything for you, buddy. And my response, <laughs> what was my response to you? Uh, you were asking f- for a phone number of of Sloan from Entourage. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I got you. So I I created a um, uh, a contact of Emmanuel. Uh, I don't Shariki, even know her. Yeah. Shariki. Uh, she beautiful. And I put her. And I put, <laughs> she is beautiful. And I put her. Phone, <laughs> I put her face on it. It took like three seconds, and I sent it to you. And you're like, what? So, so I got you. I think I, I hook, line, and sinkered the so, the. So, I'm gonna so and, and this is because if we're calling it spilling the beans, I got to start with this real quick. So so because I, I, this is just how how I am. Uh, so I said he said anything for you, buddy, and like, and and this is just how I am, and we're both wired this way. Like I know you meant it literally, but we're not good at like taking sentimental things, so we fire back like odd sarcasm that we discuss in therapy. You know, it's like that's yeah. like how I roll, right? Yeah, it's like, well, if you're gonna offer me anything, you might as yeah. well give me the phone I number to back, this famous well, actress. Hook me up with Sloan from Entourage because she's super hot. I don't mean to be greedy. <laughs> and then <laughs> he sends me this. It says, well, first of all, you gave it away because it says. Sloan from show. If it just because it says Emmanuel Shariki, and I was like, no way. First of all, you spelled her last name wrong. It would have crushed you. On I, I like I, I told you, it, I it did it like five seconds. I'm like what? Google searching. I was like, how do you spell this I last mean, name? You, come on. I mean, you know, you got to be credit where it's due. You spell her name right, and then you spelled Sloan wrong. And I'm like, okay, but for a second when I saw the contact, like I was like, no way. I mean, come on. I mean, who am I kidding? You're an athlete. I mean, I mean, maybe like you texted a buddy real quick who you knew dated her, and you're like, hey, like, let me let me freak him out. Like, I would have been like, please, if somebody listening, uh, I give you my phone. <laughs> um, I want to hit a bunch of things, but I got I got to start here with Tatis. I know how much you love watching him play, and you and I over the years that we worked together talked about it a lot. Um, what was what? Give me two part. What was your reaction to hearing about it? And then what was your reaction to hearing his excuse? Uh, immediate reaction to hearing about it was how long have you been taking? That was my immediate reaction. I was really disappointed. I was sad. Uh, I'm sad for his teammates. I mean, there's guys on that team that have been you know, playing baseball for a long time. You made a bunch of trades. Uh, you know, AJ Preller's next on the line for, for the season. Uh, Bob Melvin, you know, his legacy. There, there's a lot of people that were waiting for Fernando Tatis Jr. to come back to give this this new-look Padres lineup a jolt. I mean, the entire city's going insane. We were, I was in San Diego when the Padres made the trade for Hader, and then the next day it's Juan Soto. The, it was a sellout on Wednesday, the first game that Juan Soto played in. There was 35,000 people in their seats before the game started. Before the game started to give an ovation to Juan Soto and Josh Bell. So I was, I was disappointed, like massively disappointed. And then my, my brain, obviously as a, as a former baseball player, you can't tell me that's the first time he's ever taken that stuff. You know, like the one time you, you took a test, you test positive. And I know there's guys that have, that, that that's happened, you know, like there's, there's plenty of stories, but we've had too many finger pointings, you know, guys like Ryan Braun, guys like Ali, I never took anything. 
And then you find out, you know, after it goes through it and they're like, no, you've been taking for a while. You just got caught. Uh, and so we've, we've been burned before. That's the problem. So then I go, all right, well, I know he's been hurt. Um, I would give him the benefit of the doubt, but the motorcycle accident, his response to it, which was which accident are we talking about? I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I want to believe in you. I watched a Gatorade commercial. You're, you're turning into the face of baseball. And like, there's kids that, are, that look forward to it. My son looks forward to watching Tatis play every single time. Like we actually watch Padres games because of Fernando. I love how you actually said we actually watch Padres games. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we like I cover the Rockies, but we no, we we'll turn on Padres games sure. just for Fernando, and so like that's that was my level of disappointment. I was I was incredibly disappointed, frustrated. Can I, can I ask something before you get to the ringworm stuff? Because I want to play with that for a bit, not with ringworm. Ew. Um, um, that's why we're in different areas, different places. But I've been I mentioned you often, like in pods and different things, because of how many stories we like we learned we learned so much together. But like, you know, I mean, so many different stories, but I, I wanted to ask you about this and I'm so happy you just said that because now I'm going to circle back to something that we went through together. You and I were on the air when it looked like his arm fell off and we thought that there was no way he was coming back and you and I couldn't believe how fast he came back. Do you remember mm -hmm. Yeah, that shoulder going through like, wait, he's when? Like, it was unbelievable how fast. The first thing I said was I have no, I have absolutely, Absolutely no evidence of it. Nobody said anything, but you get this from someone who used it successfully and got away with it. That's how that ha happens. Or he, somebody gives you, hey, here's a nudge. Here's the guy to call, right? He knew, had access, but remember that injury and how bad that looked and it looked like with that shoulder, he was out for the year. And I don't remember Spiliana said in front of me, it, was, it seemed like it was only a couple of weeks that this dude was back on the field. We're like, I don't understand that. The first thing I I went to him when you were just talking I was nodding because the first I went to was that dude I wouldn't bet on it but if you me 50 or 50 north of 50 that he used it whatever this is or, or something to get back that quick because remember how bad that injury was it didn't look like he was going to play for months well and that's the part that really bothers me the most is now I question the entire legacy of Correct. what he's done like that's that's where I get He's a kid, and I mean, he got he's got fourteen more years of contract left to go. It's the same, like Barry Bonds was the best player I ever saw, um, and you know, in the back of my mind, he continues to be the best player I ever saw. You know, like control the strike zone, bat to ball skills. I watched him, you know, when he was at, when he was coming out of Arizona State. Like I, I like I love Barry Bonds, and then you know, you you assume he started taking between two thousand two thousand one. And so like, there's a demarcation line in my mind where I'm like, okay, that's, that's where he started, but that's not, that's not true. I don't, I can't definitively say this is when he started. Cause right. I don't know. You don't know now the entire, the day, cause I just to say what I often go to in my mind it, and, and look, he was, I mean, we've talked about this before, whether you believe he belongs in or not, everybody knows he certainly was good enough. Even though you can't say it, you gotta say it. He was good enough as a talent. You don't just wake up and it's like, I always say people use creatine, like an back in the day and just get fat like you didn't it's not just like oh steroids and no I hit but I always think about Spilly chicken or the egg do we look at it and say he played all the time until that started and was an unbelievable outfielder and all of that or do we say he was using so he got was able to stay on the field and be that kind of and we don't know don't you don't know that's the problem with it is now you, you can't you can't say 
you know, like he would have been this if he didn't take it. You can't right. say it anymore. No. It's done. Like that argument's right. done. Uh, I remember I worked out with Mark McGuire and uh, when Mark McGuire uh, came clean and talked about, you know, yeah, I did use stuff. He told me, you know, cause I reached out to him. I mean, I was like, man, like I'm, you're still one of my favorite players. He was an, an amazing coach. I was like, I I'm, I'm glad that you did it for yourself, you know, to kind of, get that off your chest. Uh, and he goes, you know, the, the frustrating part is that I knew like he set records at USC. He set records everywhere he went. He was a really good player. And McGuire's biggest regret was that he didn't need to take it in his mind to be a good player. He was always a good player. He's a good player in little league, good player in high school, good player in college, good player in the minor leagues. And then when he uh -huh. got to the big leagues, he was still a really good player set a major league record that stood for a long time until Pete Alonzo broke it. He was a really, really good player. He didn't need to take it, but he took it. And the same could be said. I mean, like when I think of Fernando Tatis going back to him, was he, was he always going to be this good? I mean, you, you kind of remember yeah. now, like, like James, like now in the back of my mind, I yeah. have all these questions. Okay. James Shields got traded for Fernando Tatis Jr. And we all laugh like, oh, my God, what a coup. Like, he's, I can't believe he actually got uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., generational talent for James Shields. Well, maybe because Rick Hahn saw Fernando Tatis he Jr. He was just Fernando Tatis Jr., not the Yeah, he wasn't talent. supercharged. Possible. He and wasn't it, it supercharged. recovery, right? I mean, that's the thing we don't know, right? Because he, here's the – and I want to get to the other part of this. So I'm thinking when this first came out, and I, and I said this, like, we always – know people in life who like the lie they tell you is bad and then the lies and the shit they tell you afterwards is way worse and it makes it worse like if you would have told me the truth if he would have come out spilly and said it's the stupidest thing i've ever done i wanted to get back on the field badly because if you want my own opinion this is just i'm not his therapist but common sense human element this is a guy who look anybody that good's got some ego you're jealous of Juan Soto and all the attention he's getting. He's a hero, and you're the star of that team, and you want to be part of it, and, and you want to get back on the field. And I wanted to cut down the injury, and I think that's probably what happened, that he wanted to get on the field quicker and find a way back on this season and be all of that, right, whatever the reasons. If he would have just said that and admitted it, imagine what doors it would open for how many other kids have done. And just somebody being honest, yeah. like you would have gone through the suspension and would have actually probably as a human felt better about this kid and wanted to root for him. When he says ringworm, like, come on, dude, you can't get a better excuse than that. Like, I, I keep joking around. What do you call 1-800-RINGWORM? And they're like, get some cluster ball. Like, where did he – the idea of how bad an excuse it was struck me. So going, uh, so I, I told you my, my son's reaction to this was actually pretty good. Uh, I go, yeah, so Fernando's out for 80 games. He was like, why? And I was like, well, he took something he wasn't supposed to. He's like, didn't the doctors and trainers prescribe it for him? I was like, no. He's like, then why did he take it? He's 11. He's 11. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're right. And when you go back and you, you like, I, I was in, I, I keep saying I was in, San Diego, watching him take batting practice, watching him take live BP. He was surrounded by trainers and staff constantly. He has been surrounded by trainers and staff because he's been on the, the IL for months. If ringworm popped up to Fernando, you're telling me he wasn't going to ask a trainer like, Hey, like I got this thing. What's this thing on my neck? Uh, you know, like 
even if you went back home to Dominican during all-star yeah, break right? and something happened, I mean, like, is it a once in a bazillion chance that this thing just, he took it and he got popped for it. The same thing that D Gordon got popped for <laughs> the same thing. I believe Melky Cabrera got popped for. Yeah. I remember Melky's excuse. He had his own website to like that, where he got it from. I mean, come on. I, man. I, I mean, come on. So, I mean, that's the, even from a, from a kid an 11 year old kid yeah. goes, hold on a second. Yeah. Why didn't you just ask it? Why didn't you just ask the staff? They would say like, oh yeah. And if they did, they would prescribe something that would be That's legal right. to major right. league baseball. So That's like right. it, it, it doesn't hold any water. And then the last part, and this is why I, I understand from the reactions of his teammates. Cause I know a lot of people are like, oh really? Mike Clevenger's talking. I love what his teammates did. I loved it. I well, loved it. And, and this is why is because they saw that excuse and go, I'm yes. like, like, come on, man. Even AJ Preller's like, yeah, that's your. Story, you got to bite your. You got to bite your tongue your because you, because they want to blow him up. That's right. They want to go like, dude, you're you're a bleeping liar. That's right. You're a liar. You got to gr grow the f up. Is basically what they said. If you composite all their quotes, and now he looks like a jackass, right? And it's yeah. just it's, oh, yeah. he, he, you you wish you would know better than I. I want to ask this because it's interesting, and I want to get to uh, Otani, but. I, because not that I, I have to ask you about that all the time, but specifically I want to talk about something with that. But I, I want to ask you this from where, where does the support system break down where he doesn't have, because from the outside, right? And obviously I've covered the game 20 years, but I'm not an athlete. So for me, from the outside, I say, okay, agent, parents, close friends, if family, if he, if he knows he cheated, right. And he knows, okay, I'm in trouble, right. What do I do? When did that support system break down? Like as an athlete, like I'm sure you've seen athletes who in way different lesser circumstances, like didn't really get it. Like you got the player development program and I get all that spilly and the league does a better job now with that stuff. But where does that break down where somebody that age doesn't know the right people to ask what to do? Um, in terms of how to handle this. I don't mean like, we know we didn't ask a doctor, I would, but I would, he cheats my, and he my, up with ringworm, who gave him that? Guess, you know, my, well, my guess, my guess is for him, if you go back, uh, I mean, he got hurt on his ranch in his home at, at his home. Um, and so, you know, for the league to find out how he got hurt from like the people within that probably created like a, like, Whoa, my circle's broken. Yeah. Circle of trust. <laughs> you know, like my circle of trust, my family or whatever, whoever is in here, my agency, whatever. How did that get leaked out that I was on a motorcycle and broke my wrist that way? Um, because I mean, you know, that there was going to be like, it, it was going to be the Jeff Ken. I was washing my car, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like Clint Barnes, he was good. Uh, he was carrying groceries. Hey, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> venison. But, but see, that's, that's, that's what happens. And, and so like you have a breakdown within your, your circle of trust and now you feel like, all right, now I'm, I just got positive for, for a substance. What do I do? And it's like, Oh, ringworm uh and and like the the real the the fascinating part about ringworm is that the the topical ointment and treatment actually has that steroid in it so it's it's not like it's false it's not like that that steroid's not in it it is used to treat like antifungal but that's on a topical cream not enough i don't believe enough yeah. to to seep into the skin it's not i mean come on uh, so, but, but I mean, going back to, I mean, we've seen a couple players test positive in the last couple of years for like banned substances of, of like 
former Russian and German steroids that nobody's ever used in years. And there's like trace amounts and the players are like, this thing didn't even help me. What are you talking about? Like, this doesn't give me an, like an advantage. It was, it might've been something contaminated from that. I got from GNC and like guys are like Colton Welker with the Colorado Rockies. He, he got tested positive for this like random drug that he was like, I don't even know how I got this thing. So, I mean, I think there are question marks about the testing about whether like these players are actually getting an advantage. If it was a topical ointment that had this steroid in it, and he tests positive. Like that's clear that that's not giving Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, an advantage here. If it was like an injection, something that's going to make him big and strong. It's for recovery, and recovery, though, right? I mean, okay. it's not even to. For, I mean, for from an injury standpoint, from what we know, most of these things are to get you back on the field, right? Yeah, but I mean, if it comes down to like even that amount of of whatever that steroid was would do yeah. nothing for you. Do we really need to you know ban him for eighty games? Right. And, I mean, well, that's that's the, that's the other part where I'm not I'm not sure that this is the right. You don't know who to believe. That's the problem. And I want to say the problem. And, and believe this. The next time that you are when you're at the park today, whenever when you see Thomas Harding, ask him because this is true. Way back in the way back machine before we worked together, I had him sing on the air. Barmus got ran over by a reindeer. He had replaced oh, Barmus with Santa Claus and he sang it on the air. If you ask him. Uh, he, it is, it's one of my, my favorite, this is like in the long ago machine when, you know, we're trying to find out what injuries or what we've had all kinds of people slip on ice and look, the Chris sale stuff is crazy. Anyway, uh, I want to ask you this about Otani, you know, that for years I, I pounded the pavement about baseball being like hockey and having two separate, I've said to you many times, and I'm starting this again because of what happened and, and you credit or not what they did with the all-star game, right? Like. Okay, maybe like if I hit these things enough, somebody will listen. The Hank Aaron Award should be for Player of the Year, not Best Offensive Player. He's as great a name as we've ever had in this sport. And if you made a Player of the Year, which, by the way, means you're the best player on earth, then I could give it to whether you want to do it, depending on how you want to figure out your definitions, Judge Rotani, right? Do I want valuable to then be for a winning team and then Best Player could then be Otani? He's the best player in the the world or do i want to say best player because what Ota- judges right however you want to do it now they both get to get credited because i am with you i've heard what you said and you know obviously saying no already your th- thoughts on otani i would vote otani because nobody else could be more valuable but i don't think it's fair to judge because i think the awards should be split and i think it would give baseball an extra debate they love that that's what the sport is great on the nhl does it this way why not make the hank aaron award player of the year and then that way you could give Otani. So you're basically saying Otani's the best player in the world, which is a pretty yep. great thing. And now you could say Judge was the most valuable to, to a winning team. And they both get to get credited. So <laughs> it's funny you bring this one up. I've been saying this for the last couple of months when it comes to Otani and Judge because Yankee fans don't want to hear it. And I go, watch. The end of this year, the awards will be separated. Cy Young is going to be just for pitchers. Uh, if you win a Cy Young, you can't win an MVP. Uh, I'm going to say like position players are just going to be for MVPs. And I, I was the same, same thing. You're going to have a player of the year based on just like overall numbers. MVP is going to be most valuable, which is fine. But I, I had a feeling Otani was going to create a problem for major league baseball because it wasn't fair for Vlad Guerrero Jr. A year ago. It wasn't fair for, uh, for Aaron judge. And let's say he breaks, 
60 home runs and we, we haven't seen 60 home runs. So here's some numbers. And this is like, I know I really ticked off Yankee fans the other day when I was talking about this, it's like, okay, um, the Yankees in the last 30 games, and this was yesterday and they lost again. So the numbers are probably 10 and 20. So the, the Yankees are 10 and 20 in the last 30 games during that time frame. Aaron judge has hit 350 with 16 home runs and 36 RBIs. Yeah, okay. He's gone. Way? He's gone off. He's gone off. And if he was so good, if he, if he was such an important part he, to this team during this time for 30 games, I'm not disagreeing. Why isn't the record better? Why isn't the record better? Because, and so the answer is Billy, you know, because that. baseball a hundred percent. So somebody's arguing, making the argument, well, look at all the numbers this guy puts up, but the team doesn't win. I just made the Shohei Otani argument with Aaron Judge. I just proved it to you. If the team's not playing well, does it have anything to do with Aaron Judge's stats? No. It no. had zero to do with it. Mike Trout can't like, get the Angels in the playoffs, right? I mean, and he's the best Otani, player, right? He, I mean, how many years yeah, have been sitting there like he can't get him in the playoffs? So some so people are going like, well, Aaron Judge is on this on this super Yankee team. I was like, okay, that's fine. I understand that part. I'm not taking discrediting it. But even when Aaron Judge is playing his best, the team is still 10 games below 500. And the reason why is because the pitching has stunk. Yes. The defense has stunk. Yeah. The base running the has stunk. What does really that have to do with They're Aaron Judge? The what is, injury hurt him too. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question. So the, uh, the I'm I'm with you when it comes to in MVP, I think it would go if it was just based on winning records yes. and looking at a player yeah, on like, that team, then Aaron Judge would what win what it. What you do for a team, like I used to, many years, I mean, you've heard me say this way too many times, but I always, like, you know, nobody knows what Enron is anymore. But when I was first saying it, it was like a debunk company. Everybody was talking. Nobody cares the most valuable employee at some company. Like, okay, so you're the best of all the shitty people, right? So, like, that was always my thing about, like, A-Rod last place, right, many, many years ago with Texas. They need to figure this out because it, it's not – I hate the word unfair because I know we, you know, it's complaint. It is unfair to judge in a way because it's, it's, it's apples and oranges. It's not there's, – there's one unicorn. You can't compare. It's not judge's fault. You, you know what I mean? It's not his fault. And I know you know that. And for the Yankee fans, like you, I'm sure you're trolling them great. But for the spill and the beef part, I know you I'm know not that. I mean, I'm not trolling them. I'm not like judge. I'm not – I do, I do. I yeah, think I he deserves an MVP, but just not not with the Otani on the not field. It's just impossible. Like, I, I, I've, I've come up with all these different versions to prove the point. I was like, look, if I was to take the numbers, the numbers of Otani by at All Star break, yeah, they were the same as John Carlos Stanton offensively, who was yep. an All Star, yep, and the same as Nestor Cortez, yes, yeah, who crazy. was an All Star. Oh, it's crazy. I was like, that's I was like, Otani is Nestor and John Carlo rolled into one player. It's stupid. like, th it's does stupid. that not blow your mind? No, and people it, are like, nah, it, you, it, you still, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, guy. I, I got, I got, I want to give you three quick hitters. First one, you and I joke about DeGrom over the years and, and that I don't deserve him. Not me personally, but Met fans, right? I, I asked this the other day and I'd rather have a player's perspective on it than my own because I'm sure you know where I sit. The way I asked it was if we take, career numbers out like we're not talking about who had best career right sure to me in my lifetime because i always say this to you over the like i you know look i could watch bob gibson highlights but it's unfair sandy koufax i know their numbers i've seen them but i, I didn't see them for me paid my mount rushmore has been pedro clemens unit and maddox that's yeah. for for me 
which is, I think, you know, you could debate other guys, but it's, it's pretty good, and we're about the same age, right? There's certainly other guys. Look, Scherzer, by the way, pretty darn good. Kershaw, right? You could be Verlander's, a lot of other guys. However, I said there's never been a pitcher more dominant that's ever pitched than as the dominance and the level of repertoire that Jacob deGrom has right now. Is that fair to say? Regardless of, look, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame someday as long as he plays enough, right? He's an, un, you had, since 2018, look, the last 97 starts, there's a status of the other day. The only ERAs in a 97 start span at any pitcher's career that are lower are Greg Maddox, Bob Gibson, and Sandy Koufax. That's pretty good, right? DeGrom's yeah. is a 1-6 something. Is this as dominant a repertoire as you've ever seen? Okay, so I'll give you an example of, yes, dominant. Uh, Edwin Diaz is doing something we've never seen from a reliever. That's Jacob deGrom pitching as a starter. He's doing the same thing that Edwin Diaz is doing, but as a starter. And he's really only using two pitches. It's a it's a fastball and a slider. And he's getting close to 50% swing and misses on all of his pitches. We were looking at a batting average the other day, batting average ball and play. Um, the league is hitting 400 against DeGrom on his fastball. And you're like, wow, that's really high. They can't make uh, it. They've put five balls in play. <laughs> <laughs> so they put five balls in play. So the sample size is so small. So it doesn't even matter. So you're like, oh, yeah, we're hitting 400. It was like, dude, you've struck out 100 times. So save it. Uh, I think what he's done is is clearly, I mean, it's 1968 Bob Gibson. Yeah, I mean, he can go. So the, the example I was going to give you of a player that probably would have been on your Mount Rushmore, how do you not get injured? Um, and this is kind of like the same lines as J.R. Richards. Sure. Uh, J.R. was probably one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. Um, it's a really sad story on what happened to him late in his career. He got injured, uh, ended up being homeless. People found him living under a bridge in Houston. Um, but like DeGrom, when he's healthy, he is, he is that dominant. And the problem with DeGrom is that he hasn't been healthy. And, and at this point, um, you know, as a Mets fan, I wouldn't say he's dependable because he, if he's on the field, you're, you're not going to lose. But when, how many more starts do you get from him? How, how many do you feel well, that's why you comfortable saying till October? I mean, I don't that's what I said. Man, I was like, yeah, just bubble wrap the guy. Yeah. Didn't like just have him play catch until if, October. If I got Max and, in the Grom and you don't, I'll take my chances, whatever else I have. Right. And Diaz, yeah. by the way, oh. like, are you kidding me? It's like, forget it. Um, all right. Two more. Second one, Walker Bueller, which is terrible because I know we both love him as a competitor. We also know the Dodgers haven't really their, – their run differential is like two zillion. It's like stupid. Um, is this going to matter? No. How about that? No, that's simple, simple answer. No, it doesn't matter. Um, I got frustrated yesterday with the Dodgers because I was looking at their roster. I'm like, God – you, you know they they won they won twelve they won twelve straight. I'm not a hater. It's but it, you, but you look but you look at it and you go, they have the best record in baseball. They won twelve straight. Kansas City beat them once. They're starting a new streak. They have Ryan Pepio, Tyler Anderson, Tony Gonsolin. Like, ha, explain it. You know Julio Urias has been carving. He's been good. Uh, Clayton Kershaw when he's when he's there is good. They have Dustin May coming back. Bruce Rennard Gratterall is coming back. Uh, you have uh, Blake Trinan, who hasn't even been part of the bullpen, who is so important, coming back. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at them and I go, no, they don't need Walker Bueller. Every other team would go like, oh my God, we just lost Walker Bueller. We, 
we're not gonna have Dodgers like who cares? We were hoping to get the full Death Star strength, but we could still blow your planet up one way or another. Like we're still gonna blow you up. Uh last one. Baseball's crazy in the postseason. You and I both know that, right? Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Look, you were part of a team that won seemingly, and I always get this wrong. Is it twenty-three and twenty-four days, or how many how many games? No, we won uh, twenty-one out of, in twenty-two days. 21. So anything can happen once you get in September, even in this sport, right? And change the landscape. I've been saying that I believe, in my opinion, and it's made for some interesting AL Central AL Wild Card races. For example, it's a very have and have not year for me. I think. The Mets and the Dodgers are very, very dangerous. The Braves, when they're right, are very, very dangerous. The Astros are very, very dangerous. The Yankees should kind of be if they figure it out. I'm sure they'll kind of figure it out, right? And then there's a bunch of like, yeah, the Cardinals always find a way to somehow, or maybe the If I gave you Yankees, Astros, Mets, Dodgers, Braves, how confident are you that the LCSs and the World Series winner are coming from those five because as dumb as this is about to sound, because we know baseball, I think I feel as confident any year I've ever been that they've separated themselves, those five, from everybody else with a pretty decent gap. Yeah, uh, you're right on that one. I mean, those those five teams are, are I mean, it, how many times have you done an NCAA bracket and you end up just putting all the one Duke. seeds in the final four? <laughs> And you, you end up like winning your bracket and you're like, what, how did you do that? And you're like, you just go chalk. I mean, like there's, there's certain teams and certain conferences where you go like, okay, yeah, maybe the big sky will come out of nowhere and, and beat a PAC 12 team. Um, but most likely not <laughs> like big 12 is going to do good in these things. SEC is going to do good. The, like the big West is going to get killed. The whack is going to get murdered. Like the, the big East is, might have a team, they'll go far, and then they're going to get waxed in the 16th round. So in the round of 16, same here with with how I'm looking at baseball because it feels top-heavy. Uh, Astros, to your point, are really, really good. I have them as the best team in the American League. Yankees are really, really good. And then you have the next tier down, which is Padres, Milwaukee, St. Louis. Can they win? Yeah, Minnesota, Cleveland. Yeah, can they? Of course, they can win, but it's it doesn't seem likely. Uh, and th- and that's kind of this season specifically. Yeah. I would look at it and go, you know what? If you took chalk, if yeah. you took chalk for baseball, and you mm-hmm. took those five teams, There's five teams, you're going to be yeah. fine. You'll yeah. you'll see them in the postseason in yeah. the in in the NL and ALCS. To your point of the NCAA tournament, I'll let you run. weird things will happen A to B. Like you get your upsets sure. that got you in the pool, but it's going to be either Yankees or Astros against either the Dodgers, Mets, or Braves. That's just the way. Yeah. It is. yeah. Right. Those five teams, those like two of those five teams are are standing at in the American League Championship Series. Absolutely, like I just I just don't. Ironically, it's like the Cardinals because it always seems like St. Louis in years they're not supposed to, and they've got the Nolans and the Goldschmidts, and it's like, well, like you know, maybe can they knock somebody off? But I think you got to get the Dodgers or the Mets in five games because I think in seven and playing each other, you know, something's got to give. But I don't think anyone other than the other one's going to beat either of those two teams in seven games because of the pitching. I, no, I and you got to remind yourself yeah. too. You also have uh, the best record is a one seed with a bye taking on uh, four and five, and then the uh, is that right four and five yes. or three and four? Yeah. And then um, then the two seed is waiting for the winner of what is it two and six. Um, so, I mean, that's Dodgers get a buy either one or two and Mets get a buy either yep. one or two. Yep. 
So they they they're they're already kind of positioned to me in the uh one of those teams is getting into the NLCS. Oh yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. And we'll be or talking, both of them. talking layoffs again. And where those factor in, which I know of firsthand, that'll be another conversation. We'll get to that next time. Uh I appreciate you spilling the beans. I'm gonna be waiting for Shariki's number because that's really messed up that you broke my heart like that. <laughs> you know. I is mean, there like another Shariki out there? No, Maybe not say, like, like a generic could, like, version. You know, is there? Saying, like... I don't have her, but I got the chick from Small Wonder. Like something. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you, Billy. All right, buddy. Be sure to follow at Casey Stern. Join the Unfiltered Revolution. People, much love. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.